0: Some fun conversations off the air. Uh, all right. So in the beginning of the show, in the second hour, we typically do the top two, an hour or two, and tell you two things we are obsessed with. Here we go.
1: Giving the old One, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In- or two.
2: All right, give me two. Winning,
1: winning, winning. All right, you want me to go first? Sure. All right, I'm going to go first with my first one is um, I finally, li- my our lovely listeners, our lovely dishers, I have to tell you, many of you sent notes saying you got to get down there, so I did. I went down to Kitchen and Rail in Egan, and um, I went with a bunch of uh, ladies. I went with two people who lived down there, um, two of my friends, and it was fun. The place was Packed, like packed this is a cute little people are
0: very excited about something in the suburbs
1: independent restaurant well and especially because it's in a strip mall you know that's surrounded by other chains and everything else and um and that is what it is but um it's an independent and you walk in and you realize you can see that it's just like there's a lot of personal style there's a lot of cute you know uh there's just it feels really kind of nice And it's crazy that it's, you walk in and you see like the bar and you see these beautiful like chandeliers and, and then there's a pull tab lady in the corner. So I was like, (laughs) what? What? We get pull tabs? And I just thought it was a stitch that I could order a martini and have caviar and chips and have pull tabs. I mean, like that was my favorite. But I will recommend the Vietnamese, uh, spiced pork belly, which was a lovely dish. We had, um, We had uh, um, the meatballs, which as a side, we just ordered them for the table. I think they were the side or maybe they were the main dish. But it was, you know, some of the ladies had salads and we had a little bit of flatbread and whatever, but it was good. The French fries were outstanding and it was fun. I didn't get to eat, you know, like a huge amount of food, but it was good. Um, And I would say that as much as I'm not going to drive from, you know, my spot to go there, I'm not going to drive from St. Louis Park to get to Egan for that restaurant. But if someone was like, hey, we're going to be at this place, would you come? I would go, you know, for the people. Um, But yeah, no, I thought it was great. And I think congratulations to Egan for getting one of those really great independents to open up uh, down there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we are going to see more of those, I think, don't you? Oh,
1: we're always seeing it. You know what I mean? Why can't
0: people just come to St. Louis Park in Golden Valley? Come on, people. They're they're coming. All right. I... Did a book signing in Stillwater during harvest days, I guess, last weekend. Yes. First of all, just Stillwater is such a great day trip. Yeah. Like a great day destination. You can stay at the Laura. (coughs) Excuse me. You can stay at the Hotel Crosby. There's a store there that I instantly fell in love with because it basically has all Minnesota items called Smith and Trade Mercantile. Okay. And I bought um, some Duluth pack stuff for my niece and about some other stuff. I was Christmas shopping, but they um, have a basically in all of the store. They have like a little placard that describes the story about the maker and oh, why great. they carry it in the store. Oh, that's smart. So here's just an example. OK, uh, Joe and Brandon are brothers and they have these seasoning rubs that they started uh, in 2007, from barbecue inspiration from their father, they've started a catering business. It's called Smoke and Brothers Barbecue, and a portion of the sales go to the Correctional Peace Officers Foundation. And they have all of these rubs, like this one was called The Warden, because they worked in the incarceration Oh my system. God, so great. So, just the whole store had like, this is the jeweler, this is the spice maker... Uh, it's called Smith and Trade Mercantile. I just thought it was super cute.
1: Great makers. All right, good. All right, so my second one is actually going to be um, Burrow.
2: Because
1: oh. I had not really eaten there in a while, I guess, and um, I was across the way at the... We went to the, uh, the galley food hall Uh-huh. where, you know, Rectangle started out and... Um, the Ono Hawaiian plates are there. Is that different than Gray's? Yes. Okay. Two different food halls. This one is right across from Freehouse. Got it. In and that, that one, to be honest, was it's not,
0: not awesome.
1: I'm just gonna, you know, it's like I love it. Has it to gotten champion. better? Well, I will I say I'll tell you that we were there to try the ramen. Um I went with Elisa and we were there to try there's a ramen shop, ramen Kwai, or I think it's called Kwaii. And it was it was like you know, we kind of it just it <laughs> the we got gyoza, which were actually delicious, and they had that lacy back, you know, from yep. the pot stickers. Um, and then the ramen was just not great. It just wasn't. It just the broth that's was overwhelmed. That environment by just... but and that's the other thing so we walked in and we literally were like, oh. Oh, everyone here is 20. And it's like a frat party. And it's a bar yeah. more than anything else. And I felt bad because the food, again, and I knew this from when they opened that they just built it wrong. Because the food is tucked behind the bar. You literally cannot see
0: it. Yeah. It
1: is a bar. And then they basically have some food that you can have deli- brought to your table. And that's so.
0: galley. And the other food hall that's better is great. Is Grays is Grace. Grace is great. Yeah.
1: I think Grace is like great with like two bars and like they've got
0: two bars. Two bar- I know I just did
1: that. <laughs> I heard it myself too. Two bars. And, you know, they got all the grass. Oh, they got grass. But, no, Graze's, I think, a really has, has even though they have a lot of, ve- you know, like, uh, stalls that are changing,
0: I think that's okay. I think it's a good thing, actually. Yeah, because things turn over, and yeah. people have other opportunities. And- right.
1: So, Burrow. So, I was going to Burrow. That's my actual one, is that we went there, and then we went to Burrow, and we thought, well, we'll just have one more drink. And uh, we had one more cocktail, and um, we got a couple of small plates, you guys, that were just reminded me, like... Yeah, this place is really dialed in. And here's what I love about it it was a Wednesday night, and the place was thrumming. And there were like single ladies at the bar just on their phones doing their work and having a drink and a snack. There were like there was a big group of people in the corner, there was dates happening. It felt really neighborhoody in a way that I think I never realized that that's what it was going to become. And so for the North Loop, which is of course one of our areas that has become really tony and really like, you know, hot spotty and everyone's like dying to get in,
0: I feel like Burrow has really carved out a special place for the neighborhood. I went there, I want to say within the last 6 weeks. Weeks. Oh, you did? And I went with Cerdic and we had dinner and it was really great.
1: I just, I'm great shouting experience. it out. Like, if you're looking for a place, great date night, kind of cool atmosphere. They have valet too. They have valet and it's just, it's a win. It's
0: like, you can count on it, is what I want to let you know. I've been like, I went back to Bar La Grossa, super busy on like a Tuesday night. I went to Red Rabbit last night on Washington, like literally so packed I could barely get in the door. Yeah. I just was like, wow, North Loop is, it's hopping. It's back. It's hopping. Um, Okay, my second one is to do a new experience, and that is oyster shucking classes. I noticed that our friends at Smack Shack are doing oyster shucking classes every Tuesday. Every other Tuesday, excuse me. And you go and you learn how to shuck an oyster. You get a drink. You kind of get a little bit of information about the oysters. I think that's super fun. And also Coastal Seafoods has an oyster shucking class, too, if you're interested in learning a new skill. We always have oysters like on christmas eve and kurt always does them and i always think oh it'd be great to learn how to suck an oyster so
1: easy probably so not gonna
0: take the class because then i'd have to do it and i have a lot of other things i always end up having to do on yeah. that event the
1: big thing is you have to like uh you just have to make sure that you are patient and that you're wearing a glove
0: yes the glove is critical <laughs> you don't, we don't
1: want blood no we just don't want blood in your oyster it's not good <laughs> though it's, it's good.
0: happened it's not good at all
1: yeah It has happened. I like it. I love oysters. I never get them at home. And I know how to shuck them and everything. But I think it's fun to learn how so that in case you are ever home. And, you know, we ordered a bunch for uh, an event last year. And I remember like I was like just sitting around with the kids, like teaching them how to do it. And it's just a good skill to have.
0: Well, uh, the wood fired curled oysters I had last night at Red Rabbit were really good. I love when they're like cooked in their own liquor under a wood fire and yeah. it's just like you just pick it up and yeah that's so good yum 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 yep all right so that is our top two in hour two when you come back you are going to be joining us talking to Gavin Kaysen he's going to be talking about his cookbook at home and there's obviously a trend happening here with a lot of people that wrote cookbooks during the pandemic right Uh, And we're also going to talk about some Dutch ovens. We're going to talk about some pasta. You're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by our friends at Knob Creek, who I'm going to be doing a recipe for a boulevardier this week. Nice. And then also they have Maker's Mark. They have hornitos. They have just tons of, they have the Jim Beam hot. That also I put in a cider in a crock pot because it is crocktober, but that's another another topic for another time. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. We are being joined live by our friend Chef Gavin Kaysen, who is here to talk about his cookbook at home. Hi, Gavin. How you doing?
2: Hey, guys. How you doing?
0: Super good. So where do we find you this morning? Yeah, where are you?
2: So I just dropped my kids off at a baseball camp, and now I need to go run a couple errands and pick them up, and it's a
1: crazy day. Hey, are you a coffee guy in the morning, or a UT, or what? How do you get going?
2: Four four shots of espresso. That's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just not
0: three, yep. not two,
1: yeah, four. Well, and because Gavin's yeah, also four. a workout guy in the morning, technically sometimes, yeah. and yep. so and I. But I we were talking about circadian rhythms earlier, yeah. and I'm like, you are definitely an early guy. But I was just wondering if you were like a coffee or a tea dude too.
2: Yeah, no coffee. I'm up. I'm up by six a.m. Yep. And then I do my my shots of espresso. Hit the gym. <laughs> And then, and then get a, a little, like, protein shake in me, and then I'm off to work.
0: Yeah. Okay. What do you put in your protein shake?
2: So, <laughs> coffee. Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> coffee and chocolate protein powder. I actually, I usually use, like, vegan powders. Yeah. And then almond milk and ice, and that's it. That's
0: okay. That sounds pretty good, though. Um, Gavin, yeah. it turns out you're part of a trend that I actually <laughs> was part of, too, in that... When we had the pandemic and we had many chefs and folks in the restaurant business at home pondering their lives, they wrote cookbooks. Now, I know you had said that you had talked about a cookbook before, but during the pandemic is when it actually came together for you. Tell us about your cookbook at home.
2: Yeah, so the book is really inspired by my time at home, as, as you mentioned. And when I, was, when I was cooking, I mean, all the dishes that are in the, in the book, there's over 100 recipes in the book. Those are genuinely what I do cook at home for my family. I mean, even like the roasted chicken that's in that book, my son still rates. One of my sons will rate that chicken. I'm like, you know, Dad, this is probably like an 8.4. I can't figure <laughs> out what a 9 is, but I'm I'm getting closer, you know? Right, and right. And sometimes I'll mess with them. I'll make the same chicken two Sundays in a row.
0: Yeah. And he'll
2: rate the second one higher. And I'm like, man, where am I going with yeah,
1: this? Yeah, what is happening?
2: Um, <laughs> What is happening? But you know, it's there's recipes in there. There's paella. There's there's how to make you know really beautiful gratin potatoes to Swedish pancakes to the French toast I made for my kids this morning. Whatever whatever it is, um, and it's just a really fun book. And I want to teach cooks how to be confident at home.
0: Yeah, and one of the so I've been doing a lot of grocery store appearances signing books. And one of the first yeah. things people ask me is, is it hard? To because write, I th- no, uh, is the recipes hard? Because oh. I think people think that cookbooks are like hard recipes all the time.
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. One of the things that we did to take a little bit of that fear out is a lot of the recipes have step-by-steps in it. Yeah. So as an example, if I'm making you, if I'm teaching you how to make the roasted chicken dish, I mean, there's sort of a step-by-step of this is how you butcher the chicken. And then this is how you're going to marinate it. And this is what it needs to look like when it's come out of the oven. and don't cover it with foil like we all like to do because now you're going to steam the chicken, um, and and take take away that beautiful crispy skin that you work so hard to get. So, you know, I, I can I can I hear that. I mean, I certainly believe that a lot of people that try to cook at home, they're maybe not the way that I am. Right? Like, I'll see a recipe, I'll get the gist of what the recipe is, and then I'm off. Yeah. And I don't have to look back at it. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there that want to follow the step by step process. And what made this such a remarkable book to create is that as we were cooking a lot of this food with people online through Zoom and whatever, we were getting real-time feedback from guests. I mean, I remember yeah. making a braised red wine chicken with spetzel, and I gave, I said, everybody, you have two cups of flour, two tablespoons of flour. The two tablespoons of flour is for your sauce. Well, somebody was like, well, Chef, what if you put in the whole two cups of flour? I'm like, throw it away. It's trash. It's, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. – but it, but it was a great lesson to learn for me of like, okay, I have to be very detailed about where these where these ingredients go and when.
0: Yeah. We're talking with Chef Gavin Kaysen from Spoon and Stable, Demi, Mara, and Soka, and now the author of the At Home Cookbook. Have you found yourself on like fall or holiday like cookbook lists?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to say. I mean, it's just the whole idea of creating a book is, you know, I mean, it's just this really – kind of out-of-body experience that I didn't anticipate to be emotional. I mean, I saw the book for the very first time two days ago in print.
1: Oh, good. And,
2: and it was, like, to open up the box and to, like, see this this thing that we had been working on for over a year in print. It was just wild. And then, you know, I was in my office, and I just grabbed the book, and I put it on a stack of books, and it's, like, I looked over, and the stack it's with is, like, the Gramercy Tavern book and the Qua book and all these – and I'm, like, man, these are people that I just – I look up to and I admire, and I've read the, all of these books, and, and, and now I have one that sits, sits with them. It's pretty cool.
0: I feel that so hard because when I first saw my book at Cooks of Crocus Hill, it was between Beth Dooley's book, who I really admire, who's a local chef, and then also it was next to uh, Oda Miotolengi's. And
2: I was like,
1: ah, that's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. 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 It's um, incredible.
2: I mean, it really is.
1: Well, and one of the things I think is really great is that you have, you know, obviously people see you as this, you know, chef of not fine dining, but fine dining, you know, this sort of finer experiences. And so to take this and to make it sort of a left turn and be like, no, I actually cook at home too. You know, to me, that's the compelling piece. This isn't a restaurant cookbook. This is a home cookbook. And that kind of gives a whole new piece of you to everybody. I mean, do people, do you find people being like... Let's talk about pot roast, you know, a little bit more, maybe.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I you know, and and I mean, your point is is really important because one of the things that we learned uh, in making the book and showing people what it is that we cook at home is that they don't see that part of my life. Right. They see my restaurant life and, and what they see is just my life from maybe 5 PM until 11 PM and I'm at their table for three or four minutes. And so, that's what they see. What they don't see is, you know, I'm still tripping over my dog in the kitchen like everybody else. Right. And, you know, I've got to get, I've got to get dinner on the table at a certain time because we've got school the next day. And, you know, all of those things are, are very apparent in my life too. And I think what I found most surprising is that people would ask me genuinely, do you cook at home? And it's like, of course I cook. At home. Of
1: course I cook at home. Um,
2: right? And I, and I, and I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's the best. So it it certainly opens me up to a different a different world. But, you know, it's, it, in the re- like in in a restaurant analogy, I would always prefer to open up the more casual restaurant before I open up my ultra fine dining restaurant. And in our case, we open Spoon and Stable and then we open Demi. Um, and it's the same with the book, because I want I want to gain the trust. Right. I, you know, I, I, I need to deserve to have that trust. I have to go after it and I have to earn it.
1: Yeah.
0: We're doing um, a cookbook swap later this afternoon, and it's always funny to me the cookbooks that that people bring to swap that maybe they bought or they were excited about, and then like they don't end up cooking from them very much. And it's it's kind of shocking. Like the celebrity cookbooks really get cycled through. Yeah. So what I liked about your book is I felt like this is one of the first celebrity cookbooks, and I'm putting you in the celebrity category. Sorry. (laughs) that actually I feel like would stay on my shelf because I felt like I really wanted to eat the foods you made.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. My, my kids would tell you, I am not a celebrity. I am a well-known dad. Well-known so dad. We should, probably back, <laughs> we should probably back that up a little bit, but it's okay. Um, no, but it, I think you're right. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of, I would like to work on a restaurant book and we're going to work on a Spoon and Stable cookbook at some point because Spoon will be ten years old in two years and I would love to wow, sort of that's crazy. coordinate that Yeah, and I would love to coordinate a release of a of a of a book with that. But but even in a book like that, you know, I, I think your point's well taken that if if you're creating a book where people look at it and they say, Well, I don't want to make this food or it doesn't look delicious. Like I open... When I open books, I look at the pictures just like everybody else. It's like, if that food looks delicious,
1: yeah,
2: I'm inspired by it. And I'm going to cook it. And I do this for a living. So I, love you know, it. I know what goes in behind it.
0: That's I'm going to put a link up to the book so people can pre-order. It's Gavin Kaysen at home. Thanks for joining us, Gavin. Thanks, we appreciate Gavin. it. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you, you too. I'll put the link up to order the book. He's doing a book tour. I'll have all that online at Weekly Dish. Yes.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Yes. Thanks for calling. Thanks for hanging out. Not for calling. But thanks for calling. for Zach you did call. That was fun. Um, hey, uh, it is Cookbook Swap Day. I just want to give a shout out to everybody who is coming. I think we've sold, get ready, like 120 tickets, yo. Yep. So it's going to be a little busy. So if you are coming today with your cookbooks, just remember, like... The, the drill is such that you're going to come, you're going to drop off your books, we're going to scurry them to the tables and try to stack them in the... We try to do... Somewhat
0: of an organized...
1: somewhat... So that we try to get, like, celebrity... Books, and, yeah, the celebrity diet books. Celebrity books.
0: There's always a church. lot of diet books. There's the church lot, books.
1: I cannot wait for all of regional, the... Regional, yeah.
0: like, location cooking. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, you know, and, like, some vintage stuff and everything else. Kids we'll, books. We'll try to get them set up as quickly as we can. And during that time... You can like have a cocktail. You can walk through the market. You can you know have lunch, and then we'll you know do the raffle part, which is gonna one be of fun. the raffle
0: items is a signed Gavin Case and cookbook. True, I'll ship it to you because he doesn't actually have, have in all hand. of the books yet because yeah. supply chain. Hello, but uh, you will be able to get a personally signed copy from him.
1: Um, another special thing in the raffle is I basically channeled my favorite cookbook author, which is Zoé Francois and Stephanie Hansen, and...
0: <laughs> Way to add that. And Michael it, Roman.
1: And Michael Roman. Uh, and Nigel Slater. Um, <laughs> is that um, I did a bourbon caramel apple tart. And I made it, and I'm bringing it. Yeah. And you can buy it in the raffle. I love it. I know. Yeah. And then I also have in the raffle, you guys, I, I siphoned off some of my personal whiskey blend, which is the infinity bottle is where you put... You know, all the dregs and drabs of your last little whiskey bottles into a big, you know, decanter. Is that a thing? Yeah. I'm I'm actually going to put it in the December issue um, because it's a great gift. And so I have so you kind of you're a master blender. You blend your own whiskey, basically, for all your other things. And I've siphoned off some of my personal stash and I'm going to raffle that, too
0: which I just can we just you talking about your personal stash, stash is like a 500 bottles of things. Yeah. I should have brought some pickled things and I, I didn't. I know,
1: I know and I meant to text you last night and be like bring like, some of your ciao, ciao, stuff, greens also, all well, the stuff. Well, you can draw a picture of it if you want, you know, and then we can put that in the raffle if we feel like it and yes, send it off. Um, but yeah, so that was the that's what's happening. And so then by the way, we'll do the raffle and then we will have Usually we raffle off of like a like a 30-second head start or like a one-minute head start or yeah, something. Yeah, we can
0: do that. We'll also have a coming to sit in the studio, which is always fun. Yep. You can raffle to come. And all of everything we do, all your ticket purchase, mm-hmm. all of your... Um, book uh,
1: donations and
0: ticket raffle tickets that you buy, it all goes to Second yeah, Harvest Heartland. Yeah, we're not making
1: any dollars on this. No. This is all for Second Harvest Heartland. The books will go to the St. Paul College. Yeah, our
0: friend Nathan is gonna, he works at St. Paul College. He's gonna take all the extras back to the culinary library at St. Paul College, Yep. which we found out about uh, from our friend Chef Jack Rabel.
1: Yep. And in fact, by the way, there is a chili cook-off there tomorrow at, uh, at the St. Paul College. And um, if you want to like hear about that? We'll do that. We'll give you. I think there's a link on our page. About
0: uh, okay. It. Yeah. We'll make sure that there is. Yeah. Uh, Jason DeRusha is going to be emceeing that. Yeah. It'll be a chili cook-off. All the money raised for that will also go to St. Paul College, right. which was near and dear to Chef Jack Rabel's heart.
1: But for the cookbook swap, I want to level set. There, we do have some room for walk-ins. Just so you know, we max out at 150, so we've kept it. So there are a few room for walk-ins. Also, some people just won't show up, so we know that. Um, but if you do want to come and just drop your books too, like. Sure, you can do that too, and if this you, is at Malcolm Yard, if
0: remember. you bring twenty books and you don't want to bring any home and you just want to enjoy in the revelry, you can do that too, yeah, Stephanie, I have a funny story about the swap, okay, um, I sent a text and I said, "Hey, are you guys coming to the swap this year?" And the lady was like, "Who is this?" And do you know who it was? Do you remember was it last Barb? year? Barbie. No, it wasn't Barb. Barbie. <laughs> do you remember last year, uh, the guy who dressed like Pennywise <sighs> and his Princess Leia, either wife or girlfriend? Yes. It was them because they you won? Them? I cause they won the dinner at the Lexington. Oh. And so I then met them at the dinner. So she was like, Who is it? And I was like, Stephanie Hansen. And then I like sent a picture of myself because I thought, is she gonna know if she I don't know? say like Stephanie's dish or right. is she gonna think I'm punking her? Right. And so she was like, Oh my god, yes, I just bought tickets, so they're coming back. Okay, good. And I don't I don't know that people will be dressed up for Halloween last I know. year. It was right before Halloween. It was
1: Halloween weekend. Yes, yes, yeah, so the twenty eighth last year. If you want to dress up, of
0: course, you're welcome to. Too. But um, but you know, don't dress up as Pennywise because it's too that scary. was terrifying
1: and awesome at the same time. But yeah, no, we're really excited to see a lot of you guys, and you know, it's always fun to see dishers in the wild and just yes. to hang out. I know we have a lot of books that were donated, so it's going to be fun. It's going to yes. be real fun, super fun. Um, okay, so I also wanted to talk about um, I, this this other one is just too big that I was going to talk about who owns pasta, but we'll talk about that next. Sure, weekend. sure, sure. But I did want to talk. You know, there was a couple um things uh that. Um, we're talking about Dutch ovens a couple weeks ago when you were not, when you were gone. Yep. uh, Someone called in and asked about what is it worth it? Like to pay the big money for the Dutch ovens or she wanted to see, I think it was that she was giving it to somebody or maybe she was just like, she didn't want to pay the big money and she's, she was saying, and it was when Alex was here, but I wanted to get your opinion. Like, is it worth it to buy a cheaper one to try it out to see how much you use it? Or is it, should you just go in for the big, big
0: ones? I have two answers. Okay. And then I also, yeah, go ahead. Answer number one is if you are a person that cooks soups, stews, and braises, yes, it is worth it to buy one expensive piece of kitchen equipment and make it your Dutch oven. But if you don't want to spend a ton of money, you're going to get a different product, but it's also going to be equally great for a lot of those things, which would be the lodge. Cast iron Dutch oven, which is not as expensive. Right. You can buy it at the hardware store. You have to, you know, deal with the seasoning of a Dutch oven, seasoning of a cast iron pan. But it's not super hard. So for $50, you can get away that route. Um, I do think that it's not as good for soups. Like chili is fine. Pea soup's fine. But like your clear liquidy soups, I always think it's weird to make those in the Dutch oven. Or excuse me, in the Lodge cast iron. Why? Because I just don't feel like you can see the broth. Okay. So that kind of bugs me. Okay. So it's maybe just a personal thing. Yeah. But I would definitely, I would make chili in a Dutch oven uh, or a Lodge cast iron. I would make pea soup in a Lodge cast iron. I would definitely braise a pork shoulder in a Lodge cast iron. So if you're someone maybe that isn't sure, maybe start there. Yeah.
1: And you can always
0: find those at the goodwill too uh,
1: and if in fact so i the one thing that i was going to reference was this uh top four best dutch ovens uh tested by the food network kitchen yep. and i loved this is what the food network is good for you know what i mean and their best overall pick is this lodge six quart enameled cast iron dutch oven yeah. but theirs is enameled yeah so and the difference between enameled is and non-enameled is you don't have to season enamel correct so that's good but how that's, much is that one I'm trying to, let's see how it is. Okay, that one is still, like, that's 80
0: bucks. Yeah, On Amazon,
1: it's, you know, it, like, you can find it. And that's, that's it's about 115 norms, and then you can find it for $80, it looks like. Yeah. But uh, one other thing I wanted to make sure that you understood, like, when you're looking for Dutch ovens, you should be looking for certain things. Like, there's things to consider, like the shape. That is a thing that has affected me that I didn't know would. Because most Dutch ovens come in like a ro- uh, oval or round, um, and get the if you, oval. You, you you like oval or hate it? You get the oval. I don't think so. Really? Why? The rounds have really been so much better for me.
0: Oh, I'm so oval.
1: I know, no, it's because maybe because I'm using them more. Okay, so this one says if you use it mostly for soups, stews and standard size roasts, a round Dutch oven will suit you and I think I use it for roasts and stews. If you plan to roast whole chickens, braise chicken. turkey legs yep. or cook other large cuts an oval shape may work better.
0: If you have only room for one, we feel the round is most versatile. Okay, cuz I am I would have say for sure the oval, but I roast a chicken in a Dutch oven, so yeah. and yeah. I'm always roasting I chicken. I break my
1: chickens down, though, and so then I get them into, a, I get them into my rounds.
0: Yeah. I have okay. chicken thoughts, but I think it's a segment for next time that I have real chicken thoughts that I want to discuss.
1: Okay, let's talk about it. Um, slope of the sides. In addition to oval around, we also notice the slope of the sides of the oven mattered in testing. So a few ones were designed to, with sides that sloped in a bit, which left a smaller base area for browning meat. We prefer ovens with straight sides. And all of our favorites reflect that. That is a true thing. That huh. is a true thing because I have one that kind of comes down uh-huh. and versus the one that I always, my mom's, the one that I got from her, from her wedding, you know, that's like she it, a it to me. No, it's, it's an old, it's like from 1963 for God's sake. Yep. And it's, but it's a straight cast iron enameled. Yep. And it's per- But it's straight. And that was the one that I learned was best for, like, browning on the bottom. Yep. So, I like that. Color. In testing, we noticed the interior color of the Dutch oven matters. Most Dutch ovens have a cream-colored, enamel-coated interior. However, we did test others with black and gray interiors. Darker colors made it harder to caramelize onions accurately and determine browning. So, I... This is perfect for me, like, this discussion, because I got joey you know when i got him the duchess from great yep. jones and it had a light gray enameled interior and i got that because i thought my mom's is so scratched up and i always have to like you know i always feel like it's kind of got brown marks and yep. everything else and i was like joey would have really appreciate something clean and pretty and and i realized later i'm like well you can't see things that's you don't, yeah you can't see like when it's super dark and brown and you've burned stuff Does he like it though? Because it's pretty and gray. Well, it's and it's pink on the outside. I mean, it's the
0: Duchess. So there are like reasons to buy sometimes things like that that just make you feel good looking at them. Yes, exactly. All of my. What is it? Kobol. Kobol. The Donsk. Yeah. The Donsk. You love your Donsk. I love my Donsk. I stare at it.
1: Oh, my God. OK, so their first one is their best one is the Lodge six quart. Like we said, their second one, another topic, the Le Creuset, Le Creuset, five and a half quart round Dutch oven. They like that one. That one is four hundred dollars. Yeah. You can find them
0: like on Prime Day. At like uh uh, what is it called? Black Fridays when we used to have like the special deals, they would come out on Black Fridays. So just keep your eye. But there
1: is they have a uh, they said best for deep frying. Do you ever deep fry in your Dutch oven?
0: No, me either. But I they- actually deep fry in my lodge cast iron.
1: Okay, so this one is they have they said the liquor Dutch deep Dutch oven is best for deep frying. I I fry chicken in the cast iron. I have a different pot that I use for that. And then finally they have a they have a best electric. A a Best Electric Dutch Oven. And it's the IP. It's the Instant Electric Precision Dutch Oven. It's $229.95 on Amazon, so $230. They're saying it's perfect for someone who has limited stovetop space, including those in apartments, or for large gatherings when you need additional burners. It's also great for users who love to set it and forget it. You don't have to worry about tinkering in temperatures while your food cooks. Plus, if you're already in the market for well-made enameled cast iron Dutch oven that's both oven and stovetop safe, you get that plus the electric base all-in-one product. So, is it instant pot worthy or pressure cooked? It it is it is it is an instant pot, and so it's got. So, you how do you stick this in the oven? Then you don't need to. I don't get
0: it. <laughs>
1: Maybe. Oh wait, I think you put it in. If you can take it out, and you take it out, and you can put it in the oven. That's. What I mean, that might
0: be a time saver. Okay, people. I've been doing Crocktober recipes up the wazoo. I have a new one every day. And people are like, this is an instant pot recipe. I'm like, hello, your instant pot is also a crock pot friend. Did you know that? Yeah, I know people don't know that. Yeah, you it can, it's both. I know. Um,
1: I love that. Okay. So there you go. That that's your uh that's just a little bit more about thinking. I wanted to go a little bit deeper talking about why Dutch ovens are what yeah, they are. Yeah, I yeah. still do love the cheap one I got it at home as a great resource I also bought. That's the biggest one I have. Yep. So that I needed something with that's big enough to hold, you know, things. And I don't mind if I blow it up because it was like forty bucks. Right. So I can scratch it and whatever I feel good.
0: Here's another trick. What? Facebook marketplace oh, has a lot of La Crusade. Oh, does it? That people sell. That they
1: don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. So if hot you're tip, looking at tip.
0: For yourself, and you don't mind a re gift? There it is. Go there.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break. You guys are going to come back and wrap it up on Local Celeb. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071.
0: Hold me close, Atena Dancer. Dance. There is something about that song that no I matter that when song. you hear it, you get cheerful. I love it. Um, okay. It's a banger. It's a banger. Sharon called before the break and she wanted to know quickly how to season a cast iron pan. Okay. And I don't know why people freak out about this so much because it's real easy. Here's what you do. You wash, you get your pan washed, okay? So you're going to, you can even, just to start, you just wash and dry your pan. So get some, a little tiny bit of soap, not a lot. Wash your pan, okay? Okay. Then dry your pan really well. Then rub it all over with oil, like vegetable oil, canola oil, corn oil, any unsaturated cooking fat, okay? Inside, outside, with a paper towel, rub it all over. Then you're going to stick it in the oven, and you're going to stick it in the oven at 450 degrees, and you're going to leave it there for 30 minutes. Then you're going to turn your oven off and you're just going to leave your pan in there and then you're going to take it out and it is seasoned. Right. So just leave your pan in there until the oven comes up to room temperature. You can leave it overnight, whatever works for you. And you take your pan out and it's seasoned. And you just if you have any excess oil on it at that point, you just rub it off with a paper towel. It's seasoned. Done. Done. Just do that a couple times a year. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I, my, also, don't freak out about washing your
1: thing with soap. You know what I mean? Everyone is like, oh my God, you can't use soap on your cast iron. You can. You can, you can use You're a little fine.
0: bit. And, you know, a lot of times you don't need it. You, you can just it. rinse and yeah. wipe, and that's good. Yeah. But if you've got like something stuck on there, don't yeah. worry. Don't worry. You're use fine. a little soap. Just You're make sure that it fine. stays seasoned. So yeah. maybe you have to season it after that process because you wiped a lot of the seasoning off. It happens. Yeah. Just season it again. Yeah. No problem. Right. All right. That's the seasoning lecture. That's
1: the lecture. I know. Um, and we got, uh, one of our listeners fear dumpster says Minnesota shopping bargain story. I was shopping at TJ Maxx pre-married life and saw a beautiful red Lake reset Dutch oven. Oh. I was just starting to learn to cook and, I, and knew it was a great item. Imagine my shock when I turned it over and saw the price tag twenty four ninety nine. Oh, such a win. Such yes, a win. That's excellent. Such a win. I love that. Love it. Yeah. So, okay. So there's a lot going on this weekend. I know we got to talk about that. Um, first of all, besides cookbook swap, which is happening today, um, there is the, and I want to, we were going to, I was going to talk about the project black and blue, mm-hmm. but they are sold out of everything. I mean, all the tickets are sold out.
0: So I'm sorry. Cause I was going to go and didn't get a ticket.
1: Oh, well I should have. I you, do you want to go. Maybe. Is okay. it Sunday? It's Sunday. It, it is to raise funds. here's what you can do with it. It is to raise funds for the project black and blue, uh, you know, organization with within craft made aprons and what it does is help support uh restaurant and industry workers who are having a hard time or you know need an extra boost maybe a cash infusion you know can, maybe they need their rent help right, while they're something. getting some
0: alcohol treatment yes
1: so what's good <clears throat> is that it's that's what it's good for and so they're raising money for that um and you can donate like you can't buy the tickets anymore but you can put in 25 dollars so that somebody can get a ticket. You know, like you can help support the tickets, I think. Yep. So you can still donate to the cause. Um, that's pretty good. So if you want to come, let me
0: know. I can't come because I just realized on Sunday I have a book signing. I, was I love say, that Olive and Maple Grove. I was going to say there's no way that you actually no, have That's open from 11 time. to 1. And then I'm back at Kowalski's from 2.30 to 4.30 on Diffley Road in Egan. Yeah. So yes, two more book signing places tomorrow. Okay.
1: I also want to shout out that I am at um, Sweetland Orchard tomorrow. What are you doing with Gretchen? I'm going at noon to be hanging out with Gretchen and Benjamin Roberts, our favorite cheesemonger. I love it. From uh, France 44. And we are basically walking through the orchard, eating cheese and sampling
0: apples. Okay, that sounds amazing. I know! It's so good. And you guys can come. I think there's still tickets. I don't know. I did a crock pot recipe for apples yesterday in the Instant Pot for homemade applesauce. It's fantastic. Oh, great. Just maple syrup, honey. No added sugars. Do you eat applesauce. I have started to because it's so good. Okay, I'm eating it on yogurt. I'm eating it on oatmeal. I'm. Do you just eat it plain
1: though. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Started to.
1: That was the thing that Jake, giant baby, was always eating applesauce. Like, and it's then, so healthy. And then Matt would eat them, but he we I'd buy the non-sugar because I hate him sugary. Yeah. But he would buy you know so I'd buy the cups of whatever they are yep. which are non which had no sugar added. And Matt would just like and like suck it from the cup, and it made me never want to buy them again.
0: That's hilarious. Because
1: I was like, this is the grossest sounding suck sound. I hate it. I don't want it. (laughs) That's like my
0: friend's kid that she can't eat ketchup because watching him eat ketchup grossed her out. She has never wanted ketchup.
1: I have a friend. Okay, I have a friend who she she just told me this story the other day. And she said that she was having... um, she was fishing like with her grandmother and she would always love the McDonald's filet of fish. She was fishing and she caught a sunny or a perch and her grandmother goes, well, that's what your filet of fish is. And she had such a moment with it that she cannot have anything from water anymore. Won't eat caviar. Won't eat oysters. That's won't eat anything from it. Yeah. Too much. I know. I was like, okay.
0: Uh, I have to make some potatoes for, I haven't seen my mother-in-law for like a month. So we're having dinner with her tomorrow. Oh yeah. And she's making meatloaf and I offered to bring something and she said, well, why don't you bring some potatoes? And I know she wants me to bring au gratin like, or, um, potatoes, Dauphin Yeah. Dauphin wall. But I bought sweet potatoes and I'm going to hassle back them and do like a hot honey,
1: put some blue cheese on there. I don't like blue cheese. Come on. Hot honey, thyme. sweet potatoes
0: and blue cheese are amazing. Okay, but I don't like blue cheese, so then what am I supposed to do? Put it on the side. Yeah, maybe, but then it won't look pretty. Because I'm hassle-backing them, so I'm excited about that treatment. Yeah. So keep your eye out. We'll see. Are you putting anything on? Just hot hot honey? Butter, brown butter, hot honey, thyme, salt. Okay. I
1: would do the exact same thing. Another version, I would do, um, I still would do hot honey and blue cheese and sage.
0: Oh, yeah. Sage See, could be good, really too. See, that would be really good on it. All right.
1: I like that we do that, though. That's like riff one, riff two. <laughs> That's um, a segment. <laughs> that is a whole segment. Yeah, maybe you guys should do that. Here's here's a basic dish. How would Hanson do it? How would I do uh, it? Riff one, riff two. I love that. That would be great. Um, shouting out the fact that uh, there's a bar barbacoa thing happening at, at Revival Meat Meats today Yum. with the Nixta guys. It's $55 for all the tacos you can eat. Hello. And you get two drinks and the cocktails are from Pip Hansen and O'Shaughnessy Distillery. This is like, if I didn't have everything else I'm doing today, I would be there in a hot flash.
0: I would too. Now here's the, I just did a crock pot recipe for barbacoa. I think I released it yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. So cool. you know, if you're making bowls and tacos, because this is the time of year where moms are like, and dads like, what am I cooking? I've got all these sports and kids, and yeah, just crack a bunch of yeah, meat, you guys, and then stick it, it in out. the freezer. It too. Out.
1: Love it. All right, gang, that was a fun one. We'll yep. see you at the see you next week. Look. Yes. Ciao, ciao.